listen, put me in the parking lot, you know, um, with bears, and I'll go out there and play. It don't matter. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. Today's show presented by our good friends at Fetch Me Home Delivery. Use their free app or fetchmedelivery.com. Use promo code ZAC20 for your first delivery free. ZAC20 for your first delivery free. First show of 2021. Hope everyone had a happy new year. Uh, We're going to recap this game. Auburn uh, versus Northwestern in the VRBO, or they said Verbo. I thought it was VRBO, but it's the Verbo Citrus Bowl. Um, As Auburn lost 35-19, to the game ended like 20 seconds ago. I was literally sitting at my computer waiting for it to end. I've never wanted a game to end so bad. Um, That was tough to watch. I mean, Auburn going into this game, right? Obviously no Gus. Kevin Seals, the head coach, interim head coach. No Anthony Schwartz, no Tank Bixby, no Christian Tud, no Roger McCreary, uh, no Broderius Ham. Grant Loy was out. Mark Anthony Richards was, uh, even though uh, that somehow cycled back into the news. And then they were going up against uh, Northwestern's defensive coordinator, Mike Hankwitz, who they said would retire after this game. Obviously, going into it, the deck was sacked against the Tigers. But looking at it going into it, it's like the positives. We could see um, who wanted it, right? I mean, I, I think it was well-documented, whether it was on this podcast, other radio shows, or you know, message boards and Twitter and all that good stuff. It was, is Auburn going to want to win this football game? And so going into it, we were going to be able to see who wanted it, and then possibly some young guys and get a glimpse of some of the personnel for the Brian Harson era that I guess has officially started. It started just minutes ago when the game ended. So, and then, then before kickoff, the betonline.ag line, it moved to Auburn plus four and a half. All the money was going in on Northwestern, and that's what we told you to do here, or that's what I told you to do here anyway. And so, just looking at it, it, it was not a good outing for the Tigers. Um, just looking at my notes here, early on in the football game, I wrote down Ladarius Tennyson looked lost early. Um, we knew that going into it with defensive backs being out with Christian Tutt and Roger McCreary. And uh, obviously, that was going to be a thing. And we knew we were going to see some growing pains. Damio played a ton. Um, Saw some Simpson in there. He made some plays late. Made a huge play on fourth down late. But as the game went on, I thought Tennyson and the other defensive backs, uh, I thought they looked better as the game went on. So, I I think over the course of the offseason, I mean, it's going to be a very big offseason for a ton of guys. Ladarius Tennyson's one of those. The three and out on offense to start the game on third down. They motioned Shivers out from running back to that far right wide receiver, and he ran a stick. The timing was off. Bo Nix missed him by a ton. The body language between Shivers and Nix was interesting. It's very clear that they were on different pages. Um, but that's just kind of something you saw over the course of the season, the frustration. I mean, these guys want to have successful offenses. And, I mean, these guys are competitive guys, especially Bo and Shivers. And it's just... It hasn't really happened. You've seen moments from both of those guys. You've seen moments with uh, with Seth, Seth Williams. And it's like, these guys are very talented guys. And I, uh, I, I just, I, I don't think it's a big deal that we're seeing frustrations from these guys. It's just, it's interesting to look at. The second drive on defense, the defensive line was Jaron Handy, Jay Hardy, Jeremiah Wright, and Derek Hall. 
I think that's the best as far as a pass rush it looked over the course of the game. Um, it's been said time and time again on the show how much I love Big Cat Bryant, but it's like he was all, he's always just like a step behind. And I, I hate that. I really hate that. I, I thought he was, you know, every game I'm like, he's going to, he's ready. He's ready. He's ready. And then maybe with his time off, you know, I, I, leading into the bowl game, I thought he'd have a chance and it just, it, it's never happened. So, um, Colt Kublik tweeted out during the first half that Kevin Steele would not be returning on Auburn staff next year. That was assumed. Um, you, but you then heard some reports that that was part of the process of, you know, that, that the powers that be, would have influence over the coaching hire. Then they turned around and said that wasn't true. And so it seems like that wasn't true. Or maybe it was true earlier than they backed off of that. I don't know. But regardless, it really does seem like Harson's going to have full autonomy over this coaching staff. That's exciting. You got to think after today that the feeling is they're going to clean house. Um, it, they, they can't keep more than two guys, right? Uh, of just the current staff. I hope they keep T-Will. I hope they keep Cadillac. I hope they keep Cody Burns, but I just don't think that's going to... I don't think they're going to keep a whole lot of those guys. I think Bicknell's done fine. Injuries have really hurt the offensive line, but we'll see. I mean, that's going to be the storyline over the next few weeks, and I bet we hear stuff soon because they need to put a class together over the next few weeks for signing period. Um, Harson was interviewed during the broadcast. I loved his composure. That's something that's always going to impress a lot of people, I think. And it essentially turned the press, uh, the, the broadcast into a, a recap of his press conference, which I think is great for him. I think it's great for Auburn. I think some of the recruits that happen to be watching this game, even though I bet a lot of, a lot of recruits were watching Georgia and Cincinnati, it sounded like that was an incredible game. I saw bits of it and see a whole lot of it. Um, but it sounds like that came down to a, a crazy kick at the end for Georgia. But for the folks watching that, that maybe were kind of drifting away from Auburn from a hype standpoint or an interest standpoint, if they watched that conversation with him, and it was brief, what, five minutes or so maybe? I, I think it's going to keep them holding on. He's impressive. I mean, we've talked about that before. I got blasted on the bunker for saying I didn't think it was a good hire, and that's just not true. I think it's a great hire. Um, I think moments of the press conference is weird, but that's okay. Uh, Zevian Capers, he got hurt in the second quarter. It looked like it was a left foot injury. You hope he gets healthy soon. I mean, this is a huge offseason for a ton of guys, but offensively, Zevian Capers, you can make the argument that it's, you know, it's probably one of the most important for him um, when you, like, kind of were to rank this offseason of importance for players. I think Capers would be up there towards the top, especially on offense. Shortly after Capers got hurt, Damio went down. On a tackle, looked like a pretty routine tackle. Then he grabbed his hip, you know, somewhere, you know, on the upper leg, maybe lower torso. Uh, he popped up pretty quick. I think he's going to be okay. During the second quarter, BJ Reigns, a Boise State beat writer, he tweeted, based on what I've heard, I would not expect too many of Boise State's current coaches to go with Harson to Auburn. Um, that surprises me a little bit. Because, I mean, you see that all the time where guys follow people. I mean, you saw that with... When Gus came here and took the job, Brett Lashley, and then he kind of left on his own accord later, but I think that's something that you typically see. BJ seems pretty plugged in based on his uh, his Twitter profile, and I talked with um, with folks throughout Locked On that had BJ on, and so uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Like I said, I think we'll know this coaching staff sooner rather than later. 
All right, I want to talk about Auburn's quarterback situation next, right here on Locked On Auburn. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. How off is Bo Nix? That's, that's kind of the question that we're looking at now. Can an offseason with a new scheme and a new coaching staff, how much can it help Bo Nix? Because when you look at it, and like Grant Loy missed time, I think he would have gotten in um, instead of Court Sandberg um, late in that game today. But I just don't see a path where Bo Nix doesn't start next year for Auburn. He um, he needs to get the mechanics fixed. And it's kind of one of those things where, like, can, can Harson do that? Can an offensive coordinator do that? Can they bring in a quarterback's coach that does that? I mean, that's kind of Harson's career path. Harson is a quarterback coach at heart. That's part of the reason why I like the hire so much. Can can somebody like that fix Bo Nix? Because over the course of this season, he has gotten worse. And I've been a big, big supporter of Bo Nix, a big defender of Bo Nix. But over the course of the season, it's been really, really tough to continue to do that. And his final stat line today isn't the worst thing in the world. 25 of 42, 292 yards, and a touchdown. You look at that, and it's like, okay, he's had way worse games statistically than that, but when you just look at the impact and just him being lost and just missing guys that really could have been a touchdown. I mean, there's been several over the course of the season where it's like, okay, Seth Williams should have way better numbers than he does. And uh, even, even today, what did Seth end with here? See, I mean, the stats through all of this seem okay. Seth, five catches for 72 yards. Um, I mean, pretty even passing attack. Shedrick Jackson, three for 32. Shanker, three for 31. Kobe Hudson, natural wide receiver himself, three for 29. Eli, four for 29. And we'll talk about, uh, we'll talk about Elijah Canyon, three for 80 in just a moment. But Bo Nix, I mean, what's the path here? Gus Malzahn went all in on Bo Nix and he went down with the ship. And I think... It was very clear after he selected Bo Nix over the favorite, Joey Gatewood, going into that quarterback competition. It's like, okay, Gus Malzahn is staking his career, staking his job on Bo Nix. And it was a bad bet. He lost on it. And so, will the new staff feel that way about Bo Nix? Probably not. You got to think, probably not. Like, is Auburn, are they in in the market for a grad transfer quarterback? Or is Harson look at Bo Nix and say, okay, you do a lot of things really well. Like the material is there. Great arm talent. He seems to get it between the ears. You hear how much of a football junkie and a film junkie he is. He's athletic as all get out. He moves really, really well. It's just his footwork is bad. His tendencies in the pocket are terrible. And he throws off his back foot when he doesn't need to. And I don't know, you don't really hear situations with guys that are like, okay, they took a big step after 
two full seasons of starting to go to their third season. Like, you just don't hear that a whole lot. And so I wonder how much of the success that we've seen with Harson in the past, we've talked about his success with Moore, Kellen Moore, and Brett Ripien. These guys get better under him, but does it take time? Is it going to be an instant thing? And it might be. I mean, this is a very crucial offseason for Auburn. And you look at it and it's like, okay, how much coaching, how much is the turnover on the coaching staff going to impact the roster? Like, are guys like Smoke Monday and Jamie and Sherwood, are those guys gone? Is Roger McCreary gone? Is Flash gone? We've seen like these cryptic tweets from some of these guys, but over the next two weeks, I guess we're going to hear a lot of these guys if they're going pro or not. Is the Kobe McLean gone? And like the rumors about Tank Bigsby, like did he miss today just due to, you know, some places said he had COVID, some places said he was hurt. And it's like all this misinformation and from the personnel standpoint of all this team, it's like, what's this team going to look like in 2021? And so can Harson write the ship that quickly? And I think that has a lot to do with culture, not necessarily scheme, because I don't think you can just flip the switch on culture day one. And Harson's a big culture guy. And so I don't know. I mean, it's very similar to like when Chiswick was the head coach, the culture over the span of his coaching tenure, it's like that's that's why he lost his job. Gus's situation's a little bit different, but as soon as he was gone, it kind of exposed a lot of these culture things where it's like, Okay, is is Flash happy? Is Shivers happy? What are all these dudes thinking and feeling? And so uh, I, I can't wait to see how Harson handles all of this because he's not going to put up with it. Uh, I, I'm excited to see what the transfer portal does and how it plays into things. As far as talent receiving in the receiving game, I like John Samuel Shanker. I like Brandon Frazier at the tight end position. Can they take that next step over the course of the offseason? Honestly, I think those two guys can. I think when you look at guys like uh, Zevion Capers and Elijah Canyon, and I really hope Eli Stove comes back, and I, I think it's safe to say Seth Williams and Anthony Schwartz are gone, I think from a talent standpoint, those guys are enough if you have a Brian Harson-type scheme that get guys open across the field and doing different routes and the patterns in the passing game makes sense, and they make enforce college defensive backs to make decisions time and time and time and time and time and time again over the course of a game, and eventually they start making the wrong decision. They make the wrong decision three or four times, you win the football game if you capitalize on guys getting open for a big play. And I think with the running game, with Tank, and I think this offensive line's going to get better, and really all the offensive line has to do is stay healthy, and I think it'll be fine. So from a, from a talent standpoint in 2021, I'm not too worried about it unless the exodus of guys leaving is, um, is higher than we think it's going to be. Uh, I want to talk about Auburn's uh, stud of the game, in my opinion, next right here on Locked on Auburn. We talked about it briefly before. Elijah Canyon, what, three catches for 80 yards, 26.7 yards a catch, and of course he had that 57-yard touchdown. Elijah Canyon's a guy that we haven't talked about a whole lot over the course of this season because he really hasn't played a whole lot. Entering today, he did not have a catch all season. We talked about that uh, that Zevion Capers injury where he left with that left foot. Kind of makes you wonder. It doesn't seem like he would have been in and been able to have some of these plays 
if he hadn't been injured. And obviously, you never want a guy to be injured, but long-term, glass-half-full type thing, it's like, okay, maybe it, uh, maybe it, like, Harson's watching that, and he kind of takes a few mental notes. It's like, okay, Elijah Canyon, the 6'4", 213-pound guy can play. Shocker. He can move, too. But for those who don't remember, he's from Hollywood, Florida, and he averaged over 21 yards a catch in high school. And like I said, didn't have a catch all season, 57-yard touchdown. Um, so I, I just, uh, Elijah Canyon's a guy that's going to be really, really fun. Pair him with Zevion Capers. Those guys are massive. Keep Eli Stove in the middle. Gosh, Eli, please come back. Please come back to Auburn. And uh, I, I think that'd be fun, have those two massive guys on the outside and have the experienced guy in the middle moving around. I think that would be, I think that'd be a lot. I think it'd be a lot of fun. I mean, so when you, when you look forward to this team next year, I think it's going to be important to tamper expectations. I mean, this defense from a scheme standpoint, uh, Peyton Ramsey looked like uh, an all-star quarterback and he's fine. I don't think he's a great quarterback. I think he's a solid serviceable college quarterback, but he went 24, 35, 291 yards and three touchdowns. And then Auburn had a hard time stopping the run. Cam Porter, 33 carries. Talk about a load. 98 yards. Uh, Payne Ramsey had 10 for 50. Had that long 30-yard touchdown run as well. Um, but another thing is like Auburn on the rushing front, DJ, six carries for 16. Bo, 10 for 32. Shivers, nine for 15. Pekis had a rush for minus two. He had 61 uh, rushing yards as a team. Like, that's just not good enough. And that's something that's going to change um, in this new in this new era, in the Brian Harson era moving forward. So, um, looking forward to breaking all that down. I'm hoping we have some coaching news when we put up the, the show on Monday. I guess that'll be the fourth. Uh, a little bit shorter show today, but just wanted to react to this and kind of get something up. Let us know uh, which one, what mattered from this game that we just watched today. 205-502-4285. You can text or call it 205-502-4285. I really don't think much of it mattered. I, I, I really don't. Some of the injuries, like you hope Capers doesn't miss a whole lot of the offseason, that's kind of my biggest takeaway. And then a lot of the younger guys that were forced to play more reps on defense, it's like, well, they looked like younger guys that hadn't had a whole lot of reps on defense, and that's okay. I think over the course of the offseason, when they get starting reps, over the course of spring, assuming spring happens this year, I don't know why it wouldn't at this point, and just being on campus over the summer and then getting into fall camp, I think this team's going to be okay next year. I really do as far as talent goes. Harson's going to have the tools to compete. You get a favorable schedule. You get your toughest games at home. I think it's going to be okay. I'm not overreacting to this really poor performance that we saw today. But let me know what you think. What happened in the Citrus Bowl that actually matters. 205-502-4285. All right, that does it for today's edition of Locked on Auburn. Would love to hear what you guys think. Follow the show on Twitter at Locked on Auburn, on Instagram at Auburn Podcast. And uh, check out our Discord. A lot of folks chatting it up over the uh, during the game. We'll be doing that for basketball as well. Also, tune in to uh, former intern Jaws, Lance Daw, and me, for after the game, that'll be on ESPN 106.7 Saturday night following Auburn's game with Texas A&M. I'll tweet out links, so check that out. We'll see you Monday right here on Locked on Auburn.